0: This is an alternate reality podcast. Welcome back to the Alternate Reality Podcast, a podcast for all things nerdy, all things gaming, basically all things awesome. I'm one of returning host, chuburger 84 and joining me as always, rumor has it, he is a pretty awesome guy. It is Hebrew Hammer. How are you, buddy?
1: Hey, I'm um, doing pretty good. I can't believe I just started off my section with AO. That's like 10 years ago. Um, I'm gonna, I know. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for that one right now. But uh, yeah, oh. a nice Adele reference once again that you. Weaved in there, pretty good.
0: It was a subtle one. It was a subtle one. Well, you were complaining that there was no theme for you recently. Yeah, with your introductions. Yeah, I mean the Tom Cruise
1: ones were really like it was the pinnacle for you, I think, with the Tom Cruise references. So,
0: I feel like that's where we start. I mean, if you want me to really guess, like there into has the to be another actor, my bro.
1: There has to be another actor that I have not really seen much of that is in everything, and I think it might be Nick what? Cage, realistically.
0: Oh now we're talking Nick Cage movies in the intros I'm on board I think
1: like realistically I've seen like Like only a couple of his movies And one of them Like the best one that I've seen of his is the original uh, Well let's just start that right now
0: Let's just say that uh, This man is harder than The Rock It is Dahooch How are you buddy? (laughs) Doing
2: pretty good Nice
0: That's not my greatest work But you gave me like a second to come up with something So there we go Hey, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right being introed with that particular uh, Nicolas Cage movie. So do you know what we could do? We could actually make everyone, uh, we could do like a Connery intro for one of you and a Nick Cage for the other one. I feel like there's deep wells on both sides there. <laughs> and then we're honoring the greatness of the movie of The Rock, uh, an actually good Michael Bay film, uh, every episode. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's true. An actual good Bay film. Yeah, so rare. A good Bay film i know a hundred percent a diamond in the rough all right let's get the shameless shilling out of the way this episode is the gaming news of the week which you might as well just call it uh nintendo blizzcon uh with that's <laughs> all that we're talking about this week basically so look if you are enjoying the podcast folks make sure you tell your friends about it make sure you head on over to apple podcast and rate and review five star reviews i cannot stress enough guys if you think we're worth it it really does help us find new listeners to the show Uh, But if you want to help us directly, of course, if you've got a couple of bucks in your pocket and you want to help us, uh, especially now that we have Hooch buying new equipment, uh, you can head (laughs) over to patreon.com forward slash ANR pod. Anything from $5 up will get you the unedited version the same day that we record. So if you are someone that likes to, you know, find out what deals are on for the weekend you're listening to it, uh, we do post that version up there straight away. And then as you heard, some of the higher tiers can actually interact in the show. Actually they didn't hear because it's on Patreon. Um, they can participate <laughs> in a pre-show chat for bonus content we post every single week. Boys, video games, lots of news, lots of stuff. We're going to have to get straight into it. Before we mm. go all Nintendo and Blizzard, though, there was one story which I felt like I needed to bring some rage to before we get started. Mm. Just get bring the heat real early, if you will, <laughs> before we then get real excited about all the good stuff from Nintendo Blizz. And that is John Carmack. Who has brought some wonderful titles over the year, uh, over the years from ID Software? He, he's always been an ID, has he, hooch, or is he somewhere yeah. else? Uh, I don't believe he's been anywhere. I think he always has been ID. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Right. So we know that scalping has been a massive problem for the last couple of years, where you know these people run bots and then they buy up all the new technologies, like the you know Nvidia graphics cards or PS fives or Xboxes. And then there's nothing left for people. And then they put them up on eBay and they charge just crazy amounts of money. So statistics came out this week that they believe that since the birth of uh, the new consoles and the NVIDIA issues in the last year, that scalpers have probably made around $82 million in the last 12 months. Which is a giant fuck you figure uh, for those pieces of shit. Yeah. Starting off. Absolutely. Now, John Carmack came out with the idea this week going, guys... This problem's not going away. Why don't we make it, you know, more upfront? Why don't we make auctions? That when a, a new product releases like this, we put it online, we make an auction, and rather than this whole scalping thing, uh, that we have people have an auction, and then that way the developers are the ones that get to keep that profit. So it's not let's get rid of the problem. It's like we want that money let's back to us, off the please. Problem yeah mm-hmm. and to basically say fuck you poor people eat a giant bag of dicks Console should be for the elite only
1: yeah it's yeah. so dumb
0: i mean it's they, so dumb
1: yeah i mean they basically like at least now we still have a chance like i was able to go in yeah. there and you know it took a while but you know their time and effort i was i was able to get one of each but like if if they did that then that's just a big middle finger to anyone that is not super rich basically so fuck that plan that's just them literally exploiting the fact that, it's, that this is already kind of done to some degree and saying, let's just take it 100% and profit off of it ourselves. So fuck them. I can't believe that guy. Said yeah. that, so he's a boomer.
0: And I'll tell you what was linked to this story as well, Hooch. I don't know if you saw this article during the week. Um, Nvidia is re-releasing some of their older cards as a way of being able to get around the current shortages they have for the 3 series how is that gonna work nobody wants the older cards well in some cases maybe if you want to build a pc right now what else are you going to do like if they don't (laughs) manufacture some of the old cards because they use different hardware obviously and rumor has it like a lot of this is because of like shortages in the chips and things coming out of china Mm -hmm. obviously then there's trade you know disputes that have led to this as well but here is the kicker right now nvidia is getting in on the greed because they've increased the RRP on cards that were released in 2015, motherfucker. What? Wow. Uh, I'm so upset Jesus. this week with that. Like, just watching, because that's the thing. Scalpers have created the problem, but now they've opened the door for those prices being okay. Yeah. Right? And I it hate normalized. this. I hate it so much. Like, we. this is where you need someone like AMD to come out and go, you know what? We're not going to be that guy. We're not going to be the ted cruz of um uh manufacturers we're gonna you know do something to change everyone else so man it's just really frustrating that this is now becoming sort of accepted and i hope it doesn't continue because we need to bring that affordability down because they're morons if they don't because they're going to drive more people away and i think part of it might be a cash grab too because for these companies like everything's on a timeline now because when people make Stadia work or make you know xCloud work once that's successful all these things are dead Mm -hmm. right yeah so Mm -hmm. if you're going to give people the ill will now by doing this kind of shit and being the agents that people don't like to deal with because they deliberately jack up their pricing you're going to encourage people to walk away from it the second there's another option there's not going to be any nostalgia for yeah but I really want to support Nvidia it's like no you guys price gouge fuck you I'm going to go to the new technology that, uh, you know, is all online.
1: I think that there's a level of mutually assured destruction, at least with consoles, because basically there's two consoles that are always neck and neck with each other, PlayStation and Xbox. And if one did that to try to profit in that way, I think the other one would refuse to, knowing that it was going to get a whole bunch of new customers from the other platform. So I, I think that... Well, would
0: Nintendo f- is winning the console war right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I'm not surprised by that because that offers... That, that's appeal... Like, I've, I think the Nintendo platforms usually always end up outselling because they have more unique games like specific to Nintendo and it's a broader audience on all games. So that's never really surprised me. Um, Yeah. I
2: mean, I mean, when it comes to, console exclusivity you can't beat what Nintendo has exactly, you, you yeah. can't play anything and I mean not only are their games popular and you can't play them anywhere else the other thing that it also has is affordability yeah right so and, and who mobility can't at afford, this point too yeah, yeah mobility affordability so people who can't afford a um, you know the, the you know a new generation of consoles yeah. PS5 and the Xbox Series X or it can't even find them are then are now opting for okay, we'll get a switch, you know, and and with the switch light, it's even better because now you're like, oh yeah, I have some, I need to have something for my kid to just kind of you know throw at him and go, hey, go sit in the corner or whatever and leave me alone for a little bit. So that mm-hmm. that portability is is just amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and multiplayer too. Like I mean, Nintendo is one of the few platforms that really encourages couch gaming. That's true. Like all the all the PS Five and all those games that are on there, like split-screen gaming is so few and far between now except Nintendo like Mm -hmm. they're one of the few that you sort of go if you had to buy a a family console it's probably the one you know
1: yeah it definitely is like I, I think I'll always have a Nintendo platform not only for me but especially like whenever I have children like that's the obvious way to go so yeah, yeah, I think that they're isn't it funny we're defending
0: market. Nintendo as the gods of their yeah that's true that they're, they're, they're <laughs> <also> <laughs> notorious themselves. notorious for overpricing <laughs> their games for years <laughs> like we're about to play like forty bucks for the thirty fifth anniversary of like a Mario again yeah you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah. so I mean they're they're just guilty in a different way yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. look two two last points on this the first one is we've got um uh bearded rooster in chat is talking about the fact that. Apparently, also this week, they they announced that the 3060 cards, they've deliberately modified to try and make crypto guys walk away from it. I don't know why you would do that, considering how much money they've made from crypto miners.
1: Hmm, I'm not sure. Yeah,
2: Well, I mean, if if the whole idea is to try to get the cards to the public, I mean... I guess
0: that's a good point. If they're saying, okay, well, the powerful ones, that's where the crypto guys will go. Like mm -hmm. that guy with, what was it, 36... Yeah. inlined zeros. fuck Jesus. that guy forever yeah <laughs> um, that's actually a good point sorry I completely missed the most obvious point there you're 100% right this is to get it to the gamers and it was actually in the note from Rooster as well so yeah well played and the last one is this I am now starting to see with a pattern because there's rumors that games like Returnal are about to be delayed again mm-hmm. when you look at you know some of the dev communications about those games like they look like they're in releasable shape right mm-hmm I'm starting to get worried that the lack of consoles that are actually hitting the market and Sony's ability to get it out there, I think they're deliberately delaying first-party games from Sony now because they're worried that the sales are going to look shit mm. because there's not enough consoles in the market.
1: That's a good point. I mean, like, I got to say, like, that is true. Like, I don't I don't know if they would get a fair shake because of that situation right now.
0: Cause yeah. It's- if you're a one console only and, yeah. like, no PC port... Like, if you have to sell your numbers as success, it's going to look bad.
1: Exactly. And people yeah. rarely go backwards whenever they're looking for it. I mean, it certainly does happen. But the majority of people, I feel very comfortable saying they don't look backwards for games. They look to what's coming up or what's, what's new right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, I don't necessarily blame them if that's the reason why I think it might actually be smart. It's unfortunate for us, but that might be smart for them.
0: I mean, it's a great time at the moment, I think, for games that like didn't get a fair shake when they first came out because we are seeing all these delays. Like, look at the figures for Control. Like, that developer had their most profitable year ever and they didn't even release a game in 2020, right? They mm-hmm. doubled their profits from the year before when they actually made the game because a lot of the delays led to people going, okay, well, what else is out there? And then, you know, sale, then obviously right? it went on to Game Pass. Right. Then it was on sale. So combine all those things you know, they were able to profit in a year because they got exposure they probably wouldn't have otherwise because it was a real sleeper hit for that year. Yeah, if you get a sale
1: at a time like this, if you're you're on a main sale, yeah, I I see your popularity shooting through the roof right now, specifically, Mm -hmm. so yeah.
0: Yeah, and Game Pass exposure as well. Like, I I know that, you know, we've questioned how are these people actually making money from Game Pass? (laughs) And I think they're actually questioning, yeah, how are we making money on Game Pass? (laughs) But, I mean, you can't deny that it's like boosting things that if you were a great game that people miss like metacritic goes through the roof because more people submitted reviews that were saying this game is awesome i can't believe i didn't play it mm-hmm. you know and then when it leaves game pass or whatever they might be able to make some back end profit i don't really know but all i know is that i think that these kind of strategies one if you sold your console based on exclusivity which sony very 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 much did Uh, These are not the kind of plays you want to make. You want to make that as available as possible. Yeah. And launching a console when you can meet, you know, production or meet demand, it's probably a better idea if you're going to try and do that in the future. Yeah. uh, What was it that made everyone miss out on Control? Oh, that was a big year of gaming, man. It came out up against something that was huge too. I couldn't tell you what it is right now, but I remember that that year had a lot of big games and I just got lost because the way they marketed it too was just this kind of really weird sci-fi shooter, which they didn't really play into enough. Like you are basically a Jedi with a gun in that game. Like yeah. you really are, you know. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I still love it. It is like it. It's. The way it introduces you, I can see how a lot of people bounce off it too, because the idea is you don't know anything. Everything just seems really, really weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is the point, is that you kind of unlock that puzzle as you go. And even then, it's still designed to be quite weird. So yeah, I dig it, man. Let's get into some Nintendo stuff though, boys. Mm -hmm. They had their big Direct this week, which I feel like we didn't even know that was coming last week. Nintendo does this, where like events just come out of nowhere, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: I think I think there's some rumors that it was expected, or
2: at least it was overdue.
1: Yeah, this they scheduled this one, but there's a lot of like surprise Nintendo directs throughout the year. So um, right. I think this one was planned to be at this time.
0: Got you. So, look, let's start off with you, Hooch. What uh, what blew your socks off, uh, or appealed to you during the Nintendo Direct? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say anything
2: directly blew my socks off uh, outside of uh, hearing that there was a new Mario Golf coming. I've been mm-hmm desperately wanting a new arcade golf game to play mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i didn't get into the old mario golf uh unfortunately but i did play like hot shots golf on the old psp and stuff like that and i had a lot of fun so i'm i can't wait for this to happen unfortunately it's not what till july or june or something like that so yeah it's june, a little yeah. ways off but uh, there's that the other thing uh that they also talked about. Uh, was oh my god and I keep forgetting the name of this freaking game a project triangle strategy Uh, Mm -hmm. that is a tactics looks like a final fantasy tactics game it's got a a cool looking like perspective that you can kind of you know move the camera around but there's a demo that they released with it so I got a chance to kind of fiddle with that this week Um, unfortunately I, I had an hour to spend and I barely got through one fight because they took so long to get you through the narrative to get to that freaking fight. But a lot of the like like systems and mechanics in the combat seem pretty cool. Um, it takes into account the difference in elevation. So you have some verticality to the game and you have abilities that do take advantage of you attacking someone from an elevated position you like it'll do more Mm -hmm. damage as a result or you'll have better range or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, it also it also takes advantage of positioning so if you get your situation where you hit somebody from behind it'll always be a critical hit and if you have another person on the other side of them then that person will also attack uh so it just it's 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 got a lot of a promise it looks and it feels like one of the old school you know was it ogre tactics or final fantasy tactics or one of those types of
0: games yeah mm-hmm. and that's, that's the thing what i like about what they're trying to do here because it very much looks like exactly like you said like ogre tactics old school final fantasy so it has that vibe if you like mm-hmm. that aesthetic you're already half in but yep. the combat system the way i was describing it to you guys this morning it is XCOM meets uh origin uh what is it um Oh God, Divinity Original Sin. I don't know why I was about to say originity. I don't know what the hell I was <laughs> I trying do to like, do. I do like
1: XCOM, but I have not played Divinity. So is that a good thing? Oh, or my bad? friend,
0: it's a wonderful game. So yeah, I I, I really recommend that series. So it's a, it's an RPG. That it's not as sort of squad-based, turn-based as this is. It's a little bit messier, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the elements are in this game, like the way that you have things like when a rogue gets behind a character, it's like guaranteed crits. Uh, it's things like elevated damage increase or hit chance increase, mm. but mainly it's the interactions between abilities. So with this, you have like your electricity or fire. And when you use them in specific combinations, uh, you can create like these combined effects. And the way that uh, you saw that in divinity is it also combined the environment. So say for example, the way that divinity went a little bit further is that you could cast like an oil slick on the ground And then either strike it with lightning, so that's electrifying the liquid, or you could hit it with fire, so then you create like an AoE fire pit right underneath your enemy. So the way you could combine the different elements or even the environment, like pick up a barrel, um, throw that barrel, it, it launches on the floor, spreads oil, hit it with a fire arrow. Like the interactivity between all the elements and abilities was what really made that game's combat more compelling than some of its predecessors. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and plus the storyline in those games is just wonderful. And a lot of the side quests, the voice acting, like the Divinity games are really, really good, especially Original Sin, the first one. It just, I I cannot rate that game enough, dude. And that's Larian Studios. They're the ones that are doing Baldur's Gate 3. So I've mentioned it many times, even though I'm not playing it yet, I gave them my money day one because I know it's going to be an incredible game because it's them.
1: Right, right, right. So you like the demo then?
0: Uh, so here's the thing. I don't like the aesthetic, uh, from what I played for it, but for Hooch, I think you spent more time than I did with it though. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, it, it didn't like
2: rub me the wrong way. I'm still interested in it. I kind of want to explore it more. So I want to dig into the demo a bit more before I make a final decision on it. But it, it does actually look like it's, it's going to be something that I might enjoy. I haven't had a good tactics game like
0: that in a while. So Mm actually rooster put in a very good point in uh baldur's gate three hebrew Mm -hmm. um just announced that they were going to include a druid class oh no that's a good call here he is that's back in
1: call right there yeah yeah i mean i i had always planned to play that one anyway so yeah i mean that's just an extra bonus so
0: i know i mean that's the thing man it's it's that company i've said this before on air i think that company gives me old school blizzard vibes Yeah, that they'll just say, "Look, guys, it's not where we we would want it to be if we were you." So we're going to keep working on it until it is. At that point, then we'll release it. You know, yeah. Um, Or you know, we're really happy with chapter one. We're going to release it. Like it had bugs like out the door, Mm -hmm. like everywhere when I first played the early, early, early access. But I know them. I know what they're going to do with that game, and uh, I trust the process. So yeah, but yeah, this triangle strategy game I think was probably the strongest announcement they had on there because it is so different but same same feeling at the same time and the fact that they're saying that your narrative choices will make you know incredibly different playthroughs is always a bold claim that so many games fall short on Uh so i'm curious Mm -hmm. to see if they actually deliver on that
2: yeah Yeah. we'll see um i would be remiss to to not mention the fact that um you know i'm gonna get told off if i don't say they also mentioned animal crossing mario crossover
0: so uh, you know my my, my daughters are going to be happy about that one
1: that mm-hmm. is a very interesting i mean
0: move. skins are nice for games especially for that game because that is basically um you know bedroom designer 2020.
1: Uh, <laughs> that is yeah. the case
0: and there were other things like the the there's a skyward
2: sword uh legend of zelda uh, uh hd remake coming so know how HD did
0: that look to you that trailer did not make me think they've spent much time on that no it did not make me look like oh this
2: is totally HD yeah right
0: yeah Yeah. like if it looked like Breath of the Wild I'd be like dude I'll I'll buy it now you know what I mean but it it very much looked like exactly where it came from so yeah yeah. (laughs) here's another
2: question I have though they mentioned a lot of games that weren't initially like on the Nintendo system that are coming out like Ninja Gaiden um, mm-hmm. you know, that whole Ninja Gaiden what Sigma two and three or whatever are all coming, uh, as expansion, like, uh, what was the other one? Apex legends is also coming. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff is being ported over to the switch. I'm not quite sure what I think about that because it feels like they're not, unless you're playing it in docked mode, you're not mm-hmm. going to really get any sort of visual upgrade. And a lot of these games, it was the graphics and the visuals that made them
0: appealing well i'm gonna i'm gonna bring out the mobile phone thing here as well and so just with those sort of games like look at the success of call of duty on mobile phone Mm -hmm. like a lot of people want to be able to play that on a couch or on the road or wherever so i think there is a demand for a handheld version of things like apex legends i was about to say Uh,
1: i I think i'm more inclined to playing play apex legends now that i can play it on the couch or in my bed (laughs) Yeah. So, like, are they now? Um, Is
0: it still free over there? Is EA doing that yeah. free on that platform? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. don't wow.
2: you have Apex on console already?
1: Yeah, I have Apex on console, but yeah. I want to be able to take it and play it mobile. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's why, like, I when it, yeah. whenever I say I play it on my on my bed or on my couch, like, I want to be able to like lay down and have it like where I'm not paying attention to the big screen, have it right in front of my face. Because if I'm ever playing mm. on a console, I have to be still fairly close to the screen, or otherwise I just feel like I'm not in it. So yeah with a handheld okay. I, right. I, I can still be more engaged but for me yeah. uh the biggest one for sure on here is pokemon snap new pokemon snap i've been saying <laughs> that one forever I'm well that sorry. wasn't even
0: in yeah that's the thing because you're looking at the list i'm looking that I at the, list. Here the release schedule yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so we're going to talk about that in a sec too because okay. i think like most of the games i'm excited about for nintendo this year was not on the direct like yeah. there was no trailers or updates so yeah. that's why for me oh. the direct fell a little bit flat for my personal love of games um, but Splatoon three was yes. announced, so yeah. the very little information. But I mean, Splatoon two was surprisingly good.
1: Yeah, I, I bought it yeah. and I played it, and it, it was a. I didn't get as much fun out of it as I think I would have if I was a bit younger. But it still was like a good time.
2: I, I, my kids really, really wanted to play Splatoon. We kind of let them play it a little bit. They, they liked the uh, Splatoon. Was it the original Splatoon it was Splatoon Two? Splatoon Two uh, was on Splatoon. The yeah, Splatoon also. Two. They they really liked, and um, I, I I'm curious about three. I, I'm again, I, I didn't get into it, kind of like you, yeah. when it when it first came out, but I, I I do know of the characters, the Inklings in Smash, which That's is there was why another I got the
1: game was because they had <laughs> right. it in Smash, and I was like, this is a cool character. I wonder where they came. Yeah.
2: from. Yeah. Well, then did you play? Xenoblade.
1: Uh no, I did not play Xenoblade.
2: Then you don't know of the characters from Sm- from Xenoblade that are coming to Smash.
1: No, but I did read about them on their bio. I I always if I like want to main a character, um, I will usually end up going and like paying some attention to them as far as like their background and their origin, just so I can get invested in the character. So mm-hmm. I do know a yeah. bit about that. I just haven't bought and played the game because I knew that one was going to be a long haul because there's so many um, iterations of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't going to take that time up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say this. When you look at the release schedule for Nintendo, we've been talking a lot in the last couple of weeks with cancellations or Mm -hmm. pushbacks to later in the year that what was a very chock full quarter one, quarter two was looking pretty barren now. And we expected that to get worse. Nintendo has obviously looked at everyone else and gone, pfft idiots we'll take this <laughs> i actually did not realize how many like reasonable title games they have coming out in the next four months mm-hmm. like it's actually pretty good like i mean they had a big month already for february because you've got super mario 3d world bowser's fury has been getting some pretty great reviews to the point where i'm contemplating picking that up yeah a lot of people are talking about how good that game is hmm okay plants
1: for zombies uh,
0: Planes vs. Zombies is in March. Apex Legends is in March. Mm -hmm. That's a lot faster than I thought it'd be. That Monster Hunter Rise was in the showcase. Um, That's looking to be pretty good for a Switch game. I still think for me, if I was going to play a Monster Hunter game, I'd probably stick with the uh, console PC version just because I feel like... That one is just more to my wheelhouse for that, you know, larger open world interactive multiplayer experience. Whereas traditional Monster Hunter games haven't appealed to me personally. But I will say Monster Hunter Rise is the exception. Like if the world opened up and I was back on the road all the time now and like flying to, you know, Qatar or Kuwait and all the Middle Eastern countries I got to go to for work, like all of a sudden I'm back on my Switch. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a, you know a great way. It is looking pretty good. Is right, some right, of the right. story. Plants vs yeah. Zombies like you said. Uh Tales from the Borderlands, a Telltale game is coming back with a Switch port. Um that was one of the better ones of that too. So that's definitely good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but as you said, I know what you're doing for all of April. Uh, Hebrew yep. which is Pokémon Snap. Snap. All <laughs> goddamn baby. You guys don't
1: know how good that. You, neither of you guys have played that, right? No. Nah. Play it. No. Whenever it comes out, play it. Trust me, you'll love the hell out of it. You will understand. Uh,
0: yeah. I'll probably uh, I, I liked, to an extent the N sixty four game, but I was all about the battling man back in that day. Yeah. Back in that age. Like
1: I said, I was very disappointed whenever I first got because I was like, What the fuck is this? It's some kind of like camera game. And then <laughs> I started I started playing through it and I was like, Holy shit, this fucking game's amazing. So you Yeah, right. Yeah. Just trust me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does look impressive. Like, what we have seen from the new Snap game with their trailer. Like, it definitely looks like they're taking advantage of hardware upgrades. Like, it's the first Pokemon game in a while uh, where I've gone, okay, we're getting closer to what we kind of all want from a Pokemon game from an aesthetic point of view, you know? Yeah, it's, it's
1: um, it's just good, no stress, fun. You know what I mean? It's like Animal Crossing, but a little more high stakes.
0: And here's the thing, though. Why are we in this deep into 2021 when 2020 they're all saying that was the year we were going to at least get the announcement of the new style of Pokemon open-world RPG. Like, where is that gone? Because they were, they were touting it so much that they were working on two sort of intangent projects at the time. Uh, I, hope that, I hope Snap is not what they were referring no, to. No,
1: one was the Pokemon MOBA that they're coming out with for mobile.
0: I, I forgot all about that. No, no, no. I'm saying that they were working on two RPGs. They were oh, saying two the RPGs. traditional experience okay. like they did for... Was it Sword and Shield? It yeah. was like yeah. one of the projects, but they're also working on a new style of Pokemon open world games. I forgot about the MOBA. Mm. I forgot how much I wanted to play that. Yeah. Dude, that when MOBA. When is that you? Uh, not
1: for a little while. I checked up on it like two months ago. There still isn't like a, a date. Damn it. Yeah
2: dude talk about a freaking roster that's huge exactly, yeah, exactly. man There's so much to pull shock
0: on lucario though i'm just saying
1: i mean that's why that <laughs> that's why that game is a gold mine to make any game any game type really mm. because it it has so many characters built in that i mean you you lose your goddamn mind if they made a um a whatchamacallit
2: a gotcha game gotcha game or out a... of it
1: yeah i mean you could make a fucking fantastic gotcha game out of it
2: so oh, and you already so. have like because each each pokemon has an evolution process yeah like, it,
1: it is, oh it is ripe for a gacha game. I don't know how they haven't done it yet. It's, uh, it's perfect, so.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's the that monetization system Nintendo hasn't quite gone in at. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've certainly made some curious decisions on monetizing certain things, but, you well, know. Well, I suppose there is Pokemon Masters, that but that's far.
1: not quite. It's it's a little different. It's, yeah. yeah. It, not enough people can be out in the field at the same time for a typical gacha, so. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, May is uh, Famicom Detective. They resurrected. Metopia is being ported across from, mm-hmm. I think that was Wii U that was on uh, World's End Club Knockout City. The Legend of Mana remake, which they showed us some of in this, looks like just, yeah, slightly newer coat of paint. Um, mm-hmm. It looks okay. Mm-hmm. The Ninja Garden collection, um, which I think Switch is probably the place to do that. Uh, if you wanted some really hard games did you guys ever play ninja garden yeah yes i hate that game soul crushing (laughs) anyway and then uh mario golf which i have to say the new game modes actually look quite exciting like uh you know with the power-ups and then like the speed mode Mm. where you don't have to wait for other players to take their turn it's you hit the ball all at the same time and then you have to like run to the next one i'm curious to see whether Like, you can actually, like, try and hit other people or, like, you know, kick them to stop them from getting to their ball. Like, there's a lot of exciting dynamic gameplay that I think golf kind of needs as a base for me. Like, traditional golf games I normally bounce off of. But if you tell me if someone's about to tee off I can throw a turtle in their face, I'm on board. Oh, my God. Because that'd be great. Yeah, I'm not a huge
1: sports guy, but I do like the Mario sports games because of silly shit like that. Like, Mario Tennis is still one of my favorite games to date. So
0: mate <laughs> did you play Mario soccer? Yeah, I did play oh, Mario soccer. On, that on the game week. was fucking outstanding it was, it and I would great. murder someone for a sequel. Oh uh, man. <laughs> Cuz all the big I power ups. Uh, who was your boy in that? I was all I was all DK in that game.
1: Uh, I don't remember now. It's been too long. I want to say know. probably God, I, I want to say probably Boo <laughs> because Boo's always my my main typically. Interesting. Yeah. So i want to say Boo.
0: Hmm. Or, and then getting or into the summer, we've got... Uh, or dry bones as well. Yeah. Uh, so July, we've got the Skyward Sword remake. Uh, August yeah. is more about ports. So Samurai Warriors, um, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout Edition. Out of Wilds, I think, is a great game to port on the Switch. I think I've told you guys about this one before. It's like the time loop game, uh, mm-hmm. sitting out of space where basically you have 22 minutes, uh, and then after 22 minutes, it resets to the base point. Uh, as you solve the mystery. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a, a very good game, I think, for Switch.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
0: So yeah, Nintendo, still doing things. And uh, probably carrying the slack for quarter one. I think I'm actually going to whip the Switch out again if we keep getting these delays. I think oh, that what they Like it? one game. Whipping whip the, switch the Switch out? out? Yeah. The yeah, Switch out, yeah. You get arrested for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't be stuck All just right. playing Smash. There you go. just playing smash i haven't actually picked up smash in quite some time now boys Mm -hmm. blizzcon now it happened while i was sleeping yep so you guys are actually gonna have to carry this section pretty hard for me but let me say one thing that did came out that i'm gonna get passionate about which was the arcade collection Mm -hmm. that they just brought out uh with the uh is it how much have they remastered them hooch should i actually get excited they haven't
2: it it doesn't look like It doesn't look like they did any remastering. It looks like it's just the originals. Maybe some yeah. audio remastering, some upping in the they okay. did do they did fix the aspect ratio so you can play it in like sixteen by nine. Uh, like it was full screen on my super widescreen monitor, if I remember correctly. Uh yeah. It, sometimes yeah. that works against you
0: for an old game though.
2: Yeah, sometimes it does. But I think you could do things like save your place, rewind, or if you mess something up and go back. Uh, oh. There are a lot of, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of features on there. I didn't see those features on the arcade version for PC, but I'll have to go back and check them again. Uh, the one issue I had was it remapped, all the, not remap, but the controls on when I'm using my uh, PS4 controller on my PC. Mm-hmm. The X, mm-hmm. or the, sorry, the square button is actually the A button. So it was just, I have to get my brain around that a little bit, but... Uh, you can remap the controls if you need to. Oh, wow. Well. So,
0: yeah, that's exactly. A so there was that. Rock and Roll Racing just... on Super Nintendo was a game mm-hmm. that I feel like I reference it when I'm talking to people and a lot of people have no idea. Easily one of the best soundtracks of like that and the N64 generations combined. Yes. Like, it... And I still don't understand how they've kept the licensing for this re-release because mm-hmm. we're talking like really big bands that are notorious for suing anyone that plays more than four seconds of their tracks on like youtube right Yeah. so it's amazing to me that they've kept that lost vikings was always a fun platformer and blackthorn takes me right back man because like prince of persia for me the original i'm talking side-scrolling platformer with the uh spike pits of doom Mm -hmm. that was actually quite difficult at its time on pc Yes. Um, When Blackthorn came out and it was a, like, there was a shotgun character that was like Prince of Persia, I was like, dude, I am so into this. Um, (laughs) I've got a lot of nostalgia for those two games that I'm sure the second I play Rock and Roll Racing or Blackthorn, I'm going to be going, yeah, I should have left that memory where it was. But (laughs) um, still going to try and buy it, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I I obviously don't know any of them. The only one that I, like, was intrigued by. Or I've kind of always mm-hmm. been intrigued by Was the Lost Vikings Only because I liked their character in HOTS So they, Yeah the mm, way they did that in okay.
0: HOTS Is like very different from exactly. Mobile. I actually really thought it was cool Yeah, yeah.
1: So that, that's that been kind of my thing with it I don't know if it's worth actually playing though or not So
0: And 30 well, bucks like I mean you're you playing like yeah. 10 bucks each For, for those games yeah. as well It's like it's a lot yeah. of money For something they haven't really touched By the looks of it yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think if you've got the nostalgia, like understand that you might be able to ruin that nostalgia. I think if you're a <laughs> new person trying to experience those games for the first time, I think you might look at it with fresh eyes and just go, this actually sucks. Yeah, And considering yeah. since yeah. you have
2: to purchase since you have to purchase the thirty year collection, I mean, really, it's kind of thing. Like, is there anything else in that collection that is worthwhile to you? None of the, the other for, two games
1: do not look interesting to me at all.
2: So. No, yeah, but I mean, like, just, like, Diablo stuff, WoW stuff.
0: All um, oh, the cosmetic you know, shit. Over, the, yeah, yeah the, the
2: Overwatch stuff. Like, if any of that is sort of something that you would get use out of, then, you know, maybe consider it. If you're just buying this simply for the arcade collection, I'm not 100% certain that it's going to be, like,
0: you're gonna feel like it was a, a valued choice. Right, I'm just
1: gonna pass on it then.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, they'll discount that down the track. I mean, oh, yeah. right now it's like fresh, and everyone gets excited. I think once people actually watch a YouTube video or two of like people streaming this and they go, oh, yeah, I remember now. No, I'll leave it. You know, I think there'll be a little bit of that. I think people are buying on, oh my God, I love this when I was a kid, and I mm-hmm. need to buy it right now that's that's ultimately what they're doing um i mean they might do something dickish like what they did with the diablo one remaster where they made it timed because i actually never got to play that it was diablo one redone in diablo three's engine temporarily which i would i would pay money for right now and that's why let's go straight into that diablo two i only watched the trailer for it Mm -hmm. i haven't seen any of the information from what I saw, it doesn't even look like they've brought it up to Diablo 3 graphical standards. I was a little bit disappointed from that trailer and what I've seen so far. Uh, What's your actually, take on it, Hebrew? So,
1: yeah, like I-, I watched through it all. I-, I watched through all the interviews and everything. And um, it was interesting because one of the like most prominent D2 streamers, guy that still streams the game to this day, huge in that community, has a massive following, um, he was the one interviewing uh, the guys, which I also have to say is a weird situation where like in in almost all of the diablo um situations like they had big streamers come in and interview the um the developers so that was a a, a weird situation but also kind of cool because mm. they actually knew the questions to ask which i thought was pretty interesting. good um mm. but anyway so this guy he was geeking out on it because he thought that it was a, a a great situation that what they did and, and they brought up a lot of good points as to why it looks the way it, it does so basically um They did put everything in... Everything was 2D before. They did put 3D models into everything. So everything is is definitely redone. But they wanted to... Basically, what's happening in the game in real time is the real system, the original system, is running underneath a new skinned version of it because they wanted every single thing to work the same exact way that it currently does because Mm -hmm. there's too many people that have so much nostalgia built in that still play that there's a surprisingly large player base in there. So if they fucked up things too much, they knew that they that people either a wouldn't come back or b people would that currently play it that that's like their bread and butter would revolt. So they literally did like as many functional touchups as they could and as many aesthetic touchups as they could without changing the game too much. And so to that guy um, the the streamer guy that was doing it he said that it, it feels like it hit the sweet spot for him because he would have been upset if they would have if they would have uh, brought it up a little bit too much to d3 style um, he said that it was part of the beauty of the game I don't know if everyone's gonna share that that uh, perspective on it but for me I, I didn't mind it like I actually it still felt I still felt very nostalgic looking at it and I couldn't wait to play it so it definitely looks much better if you look in the actual, um, interview, which, by the way, this is going to be a feature in the game. Uh, there's a thing called Legacy View. Because they have the old system running literally underneath, uh, like actively, mm-hmm. you can hit this one button anytime and it will make the old view or the new view disappear and go back to the old view.
0: So so that's what Halo Master Chief Collection does. So if oh, you hit really? the space bar on PC, um, it'll show you how it looked because it was hilarious to go, oh man, I remember playing this with a kid. I remember it looking so good. Let me see what it actually looked like. Yeah. And you go what the hell how was i impressed (laughs) with these graphics this is insane it looks so bad yeah so and then you push the spacebar and it goes back to hd mode so that's that's what a lot of these remasters are doing now it's kind of the i don't want to call it the lazy way but it is kind of what it is you know that they're leaving everything built on and it does create limitations what they can do because they're not remastered sorry they're not remaking anything; that is remastering. So. Right, and
1: th- and that's what they specifically said that they chose not to remaster. Or I mean, sorry, that they chose not to do a remake of it because they didn't think that that's what people wanted. They wanted more of a remaster than mm-hmm. a remake because people loved the way that the system still currently worked. Really, it just needed a little bit of a facelift. So that was their idea behind it. And I do definitely like they, they showed the uh, um, the differences with the you know with the legacy view. And I gotta say, it. Whenever you're popping through that, it does make a hell of a difference. So, um, it definitely okay. it, it does look much better. Um, I would highly recommend watching the interview if you're interested in that process at all, just because it's a fun watch. Um, but yeah, there is uh, a lot of a lot of very interesting things uh, happening there. So, as I said, everything's uh, 3D rendered. You have the legacy view. Um, They've completely remade the uh, cinematics, remastered the cinematics and audio. So I shouldn't say remastered. It's totally remade cinematics and audio. Okay. Um, And then it's also now global um, and it has console release and cross progression. So Mm -hmm. you can pick it up on any of the consoles or computers and you can play it and you can do cross progression on it, which is really good. Um, they also are going to be shorting the times from currently they have six month ladders, which are really long. So they're going to be shortening that they didn't say exactly to what, but that's what it is. And then also, uh, as of today, they said you can sign up for their alpha. So you can sign up for the alpha, okay. um, today. And then they said the full release will be at some point in 2021 so that is interesting that's pretty much all of the news for the d2 it looks so it's literally
0: just a graphics overhaul and console versions like there's nothing else they've really done
1: uh they've they've added a few little functional tweaks like for instance muling do you guys remember item mules
0: oh yeah yeah
1: so like they've kind of like they knew people did that so they were like let's just make an easier way for people to do that and they have a shared stash system now so you can kind of more easily um, just transfer between characters like that. You don't need to work the mules and go into different games and stuff like that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so um, they did that, but that is the uh, current situation.
0: Interesting. I guess it it kind of falls short of what I hoped it would be. Um, I think the only reason I would buy this, I mean, because obviously I played D2 so much and I can still buy D2 right now, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly as it was, uh, would be Switch. I think that's probably the the only place where, like, you know, you're not going there for the graphics anyway. You're just going for that experience of playing through that again. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel a little bit disappointed, but I think if you are craving that legacy experience, you're going to be amped over this, man. I mean, I, didn't, I never played uh, D2, so I'm, I'll try it out. I mean, storyline, it's definitely one of the greatest ones out there. Like, I mean, it was one of the strongest narrative Blizzard experiences they ever put out. Um, I think yeah it's it's still better storyline than D3 and the expansion of D3 and mm-hmm. I did see it looks like um, uh, we saw that the expansion packs that Hebrew wanted are uh, there as well so he was after the assassin and the Druid mm-hmm. which is pretty good as well it, it is that and then it's it's it,
2: uh, what was the name of that expansion pack again
0: uh thrown a ball okay or ball if you want to pronounce it incorrectly because <laughs> a lot of people did um because yeah that was definitely one of my favorite things uh was that expansion pack too because it was it was really really good the druid class i have to admit i i kind of wish they improved some of the abilities that they had because it was always good but it always felt like it was so much worse than almost every other class like there was some notoriously overpowered builds in that game when you had the right set like the frozen orb sorceress was just ridiculous with what you could do mm-hmm. um was another great example some of the uh spear based amazon builds were ridiculous so yeah now which uh which of the games were you the most excited about from blizzcon hooch uh for
2: me for blizzcon uh, i focused mostly on the uh, world of warcraft uh, most okay.
0: in the the shadowlands expansion specifically and overwatch 2 All right, so tell me about WoW. I watched that trailer this morning, just the story trailer, Mm -hmm. and uh, I guess I'm missing some things of obviously what have happened already in this expansion storyline-wise. But it looks like... uh, What's the name of that prince that they've got there? Anduin. Anduin. It looks like Anduin Anduin is now uh, Darkseid, and they're setting up the point that Sylvanas is now potentially... You know, might be some hints that she's starting to regret some of her decisions. Yeah. So what I got
2: from that was, you know, Anduin is still captured by the jailer, which means if you haven't gotten that far, spoiler, you're not going to release him from the mall. So um, he's still captured. He's under the control of the jailer uh, and then goes in and uh, murders the Archon. So uh, as the jailer is controlling him. So now the jailer has gotten control of, I guess there's these keys that he's trying to get. That's kind of what you what you're learning in the the cinematic. As is, there are a number of keys that he has to get in order to do something. But the end of the cinematic focuses on a new area that the jailer has accessed within the mall. So a lot of this new expansion pack is focusing on expanding your your involvement in the mall. All of the covenants are now banding together. Uh, and, and trying to establish a foothold in the mall in order to allow you to actually spend more time there. So part mm-hmm. of the problem with the Maw now is you can't do anything without the eye of the jailer catching you and then kicking you, basically making it so you have to leave eventually. Right. You're going to get more time to do that. They're also going to allow you to use your mounts in the Maw. Um, there's like the biggest thing I talked about was the new area called Corthia. It's like a huge section of the mall. Right, you'll have a bunch of different stuff there. They're, I guess they call them the attendants and the protectors. Those, those two um, enemies or NPCs, uh, that's where they're kind of where they come from. Uh, they also, some, some of the biggest things is your, your conduits, your covenants, like they're gonna introduce new conduits and soul blinds, but most importantly, if you progress within your covenant quests, you will automatically unlock flying mounts. No rep right. grind. Okay. So yeah. And then each particular covenant has a specialized flying mount that you get. Um, you know, then you're also going to have more stylized cosmetic armor based on it. New season, of PVP stuff. Um, the as I said, the, the biggest thing is that you can spend more time in the mall. They also talked about uh, the new raid, which is called mm-hmm. the Sanctum of Domination. It's 10, okay. it's ten boss raid, right? The, the bosses that they talked about were like six of them uh the Terra revenge which is the thing in Torgas that kicks you out you actually fight the eye of the jailer the the fate of the damned and kelth makes an appearance again oh shit! the final boss of that dungeon or that raid Sylvanas windrunner and they said that oh interesting they said the events of that fight changed the future of the shadowlands so it's curious to see what's going to happen Um, They also talked about the return of mega dungeons this time it's happening in the broker trading city it's eight bosses it's mythic only and there were several different types of things that happened but they, they specifically specifically talked about the final section as being a heist where you're chasing down a broker who's run and stolen something. Uh, mm-hmm. again with this whole thing they've got more every every time they talked about something it was it was focused on the new pets that you get or some new mount that you get right. so they're really heavily into that you know collector aspect they're making sure that they pay close
0: attention to a lot of those players and
2: and uh, catering to them
0: well i think that's all that's really left for wow now because i mean like the narrative's there but then like the first time you played through it it's kind of there and there's so many different ways to grind gear and, and get stuff in these games now that mm-hmm. so much of the experience comes down to those cosmetics and really flexing that muscle. I mean, WoW has been that way for a while now. I think that's why there's been so much for a hunger for the, you know, WoW classic yeah. because people wanted the game at its roots where it was all about the gameplay and the dungeons and the gear grind and, you know, uh, being able to do all those different mechanics where, you know, you had to literally build a certain way to beat a boss, Mm -hmm. you know, and spend weeks getting to that point that, you know, a lot of that feels lost that it really has become all about the shiny shinies over the last probably, I mean, even like four or five expansion packs, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, I have to say, like, the storyline interested me in the trailers for Shadowlands in the first place mm -hmm. and then hearing everyone talking about it was like, man, if I'm going to play WoW again, like I'm going to really need that to drive it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went off it because people were saying it wasn't that. And now I see this trailer and I go, man, there's some really interesting things in here again. And the fact that we're now getting some of the greatest hits starting to come through the raids as well. Yeah. It's like, wow, well, there's some cool stuff, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to bring me back. There's
2: still some systems in there that they have problems with that... Uh, overall, don't feel 100% yet, but that's one of the things they focused on. They said they felt that these systems in place were a good base with which to start. So they did They did say that were, they weren't introducing any new systems, but what's going to happen throughout the lifecycle of this expansion pack is that they're going to iterate on the systems, improve them, update them, and a lot of that is going to be driven by the player base, communication between developers mm-hmm. and players and players' feedback. And they said they've done some of those changes already, but overall, they feel pretty good about where the systems are as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's, it's just moving forward and pushing and expanding. You know, like they, they did mention there weren't going to be any changes to Torgas, just new stuff they were going to open up. The Covenant system, the conduits, all that stuff. It's not
0: anything new they're going to be adding to it, but they're just going to be expanding on it. And make it more accessible, it sounds like it already sounds like I've benefited significantly from this by waiting because now I can go into this painful run around area with a mount, whereas you guys for months have had to do it on Mm -hmm. foot or like you guys getting kicked out of an area while you're farming. Now you've got more time to do that. Mm -hmm. Like my gameplay experience, if I started today, it sounds like it'd be better than yours was when you did it. So... If they keep doing that, then I think this is something I would like to experience somewhere in mm-hmm. the play cycle because of the story and just yeah. the story and the characters. Um, that if they make it that accessible, I can just come and do that and disappear, which is kind of what I do with our WoW expansions now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll come back for a bit. Just pop but, in, do some LFR, and then be out. Yeah, that, that, that solves it for me. But I mean, I could wait till I guess mm. late in the cycle and then do it yeah. that way. Yeah, you know, I don't have to do it from here. So look, there's encouraging things there. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, there's also some classic WoW stuff that you mentioned that before.
2: Like one of the things that they want to uh, take into account for the classic WoW stuff, you said Mm -hmm. like, I want to play this way. I don't want to have to switch and move to this new system that they have. So they're offering that as an option within classic WoW because they're starting to bring in the new expansion pack starting with Burning Crusade, right? But Mm -hmm. the great thing about that is they're putting in a, a system to be like, I, if I can, I can have a character and I don't want to put that character through the new expansion pack just yet. So you can mm-hmm. opt to keep that character on a classic wild WoW server indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And even, this. Yeah. yeah, even better, what they're offering, it's paid, of course, is a service to copy a character so right. you can then take the that character and go okay this one I'm going to keep in classic but this one I'll push through the expansion packs and move that character on through burning crusade and things like that you know so really they they really talked about how much they wanted to maintain that feel and the learnings that they had come that th- that they had gained throughout the um, development of the different expansions they felt that some cases they nerfed a the boss too much, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to they specifically mm-hmm. talked about a, a character, I believe it was in Sunwell, where it was too much of an issue to bring mana, like our characters that cast because they didn't have time right. to sit and cast. So they addressed that and then they nerfed the HP of the character, of the boss, and then they decided for this expansion pack, maybe we won't do the HP nerf for classic right still make it challenging so and hopefully they'll be doing a they said they're going to do a beta soon for burning crusade but Mm -hmm. they're they're definitely sticking with a 2021 release for a beta crusade classic or burning Crusade classic
0: i haven't i haven't gone into classic myself how does the subscription systems work are you paying one fee monthly at the moment for classic and retail or is it one each no it's
2: one fee you get classic automatically with your um, existing wow oh that's yeah. nice it's not but a separate time. yeah
0: all right well that's good because i was wondering there whether they were going to go okay you want to play on a classic server and you want to play on a classic with burning crusade server and you want to play retail because you're a psychopath then <laughs> like if that's like 45 bucks a month it'd be like bruh. yeah but no, uh, no, it was yeah. just one across everything yeah. that makes it more appealing mm-hmm. but i think that's the Have smartest guys- thing they've done sorry
1: yeah, I was just going to say, have you guys like thought about playing the the Vanilla Classic WoW and or maybe just starting at the Burning Crusades one?
2: Maybe starting at Burning Crusade, but not at Vanilla. I did not have, like, I liked Vanilla when it was out because there was nothing else. But yeah. I actually like a lot of the changes they made to make WoW a little bit more
0: friendly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though, I think that the magic flavor of it was kind of gone after Wrath, I think. Like, the the right recipe. I mean, the mechanics have gotten better. The accessibility has mm-hmm. gotten better. All of that's definitely where it should be. But, like, the core vibe and things that drive you to play, it feels like some of that soul started off a little bit after uh, Wrath. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the market's kind of told Blizzard that too because they released Classic only because if they didn't, People are going to keep making their own, um, their own yeah. you know, servers. illegal servers like they were up until that yeah. point. And apparently they've been blown away by how many people are subbed just for WoW Classic. Yeah. So there's obviously a lot of people yeah. that feel exactly the same way. That there's a lot of things that they've done with the more recent versions and, you know, all the um cosmetic farming that people just don't give a shit about in some cases. Yeah. No, they obviously almost yeah. oh, well, screw this. I just want to stay where I am. So I think mm-hmm. th- I think this idea is genius that. You can go onto a, a classic server, a classic Burning Crusade, and I saw already they're announcing that there'll be classic Burning Crusade and uh, Wrath of the Lich King, but then telling yeah. you like which dates they'll convert across as well, so yes. you can kind of see in advance which service you, which server you want to jump on based on your, you know, desired journey through Azeroth. I think it's mm-hmm. really smart the mm-hmm. way they're doing that. So. I do wonder what the appetite is going to be like for classic versions of older X-Packs after Wrath of the Lich King, though. Well, you know, the, where they went wrong with...
2: Or, sorry, what you could tell where Wrath of the Lich King was the last good one was... Wasn't that the last one where you had a quest to dig and poop? Uh, maybe. The <laughs> right, right there. That's the difference maker. As long as you have a quest to dig in poop, it's going to be a good expansion
0: pack. Because what was the last right there? Was that Arn Karaj? uh aq no for burning crusade yeah when was anchorage uh, i
2: don't believe that was the last one so no Bur- look, burning crusade Nax was next was first i'm no, talking Bur- about for wrath for wrath right oh, oh for wrath uh the last one was ice crown citadel icc oh shit yeah of course it was yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. now we're there when was yeah. anchorage i can't remember now it doesn't matter Is the point A- of the story? Yeah, yeah aq was early on because i think aq came out before
2: burning crusade
0: I don't know anymore. I mean, it's been forever <laughs> and it wasn't one of the events that I did. I know a lot of people who did like the live world events. And that's what yeah. I think is quite exciting about being able to be on classic servers when you know those worldwide events are coming. That's something that's been gone for a while. Like the zombie plagues that led into Wrath. The Like when the gates of Unkaraj actually open. Like Ooh. shit like that, they don't really do anymore. <laughs> yeah, because the servers kept crashing. Yeah, like you know it's coming. You like build the servers around it for awesomeness because yeah. there was so many like fun things that happened out of that and unintentional yeah. shit too. So well, they did mention yeah. that
2: that a lot of the stuff that they they learned, uh, technically they they're bringing in uh, specifically. They talked about like server structure. How back in the day it was all the different servers were literally on different shards, and yeah. if people if people different blades, if people were trying too much to hit one, you'd get to that point where. You couldn't find an instance because it was too full mm-hmm. so they they've gone and they've updated like the data from it they've added new code but the data is still the same so mm-hmm. you know in cloud-based uh computing and stuff like that as and storage has allowed them to prevent those kind of issues from happening again right
1: well i mean none of that's really going to matter once they announce uh world of warcraft 2
0: tomorrow Uh it's oh, not going to oh, happen yeah. bro no, not gonna happen. No. Actually, we should it's comment. Coming. We should comment as well that we're, we're recording this podcast after day one. So if there is anything yeah. that was announced on day two, it won't be in this podcast. But we will put something out uh, next week.
1: Yeah, usually they front load, though, with exception of the World of Warcraft two, yeah. Mark, but <laughs> yeah, usually they front load. Now, before
0: we get into uh, the two ones that I'm the most excited to hear about, uh, let's talk about Hearthstone. Was there anything exciting that came out there? Um, I
1: mean. Depends on your, what your definition of exciting is. Mm-hmm. I personally don't play like Hearthstone. I, I've played a little bit in the, in the past, like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I play its competitor, um, so it it's um yeah it's it's there. Uh, but let me go. There is a decent amount of stuff that they did announce, so I'll go ahead and talk about. It. First of all, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm sure you guys probably do. Hearthstone has the cheesiest fucking announcement style in the best way like it's mm-hmm. just so bad S- such bad comedy that it's good comedy um that's all of their announcements um for hearthstone so it's it's it is funny um, whenever you go through it so if you want a, a a laugh at how bad things are like definitely go ahead and, and give a peek at that but um basically so this is going to be the year of the griffin it's set into three different phases they're going to be getting a new core set um and for the first phase and then each phase after that uh you're going to be getting card expansions events and updates um they have a new mode coming out called mercenaries mode mm-hmm. um it takes a lot of the it takes a lot of they they even specifically said like it takes a lot of elements from other games that that we've played not only in the uh trading card genre but the um but other games as well other stylings of games so basically on this one as opposed to having like what you typically have is one hero. It, it, they said, you know, they were kind of light on specific details, but he said, quote unquote, it's like having three heroes instead of one. And in this version, you progress through like a map with uh, certain uh, like goalposts mm-hmm. and um, you combat you can bat things or in some cases there might be like puzzles of some sorts or something like that at each goalpost that you have to pass. And, uh, your per- your, uh, your progress is permanent on this. So it's going to be a, you know, as you grow your account, um, it gets stronger and you can pass through that content. Um, another thing is that, uh, this is for free, uh, a shadow hunter of is uh going to be coming to the game as of right now you can log in and get him for free um, Mm -hmm. just by logging it so make sure to go ahead and do that you also get the 30 year anniversary um blizzard card back which is pretty cool as well so make sure you you do that if you're interested in the game and um there's a new attack word called frenzy which adds an additional effect um after the first time of surviving damage which by the way is a knockoff of uh, of the league of legends here we go just saying uh, <laughs> Not gonna episode
0: without you sucking the dick of uh, League of Legends somewhere in there. Uh,
1: well, I mean, it is true they they do look a lot at League of Legends now, even though they're the new kid on the block um, for a lot of their updates. So it is what it is. Um, so there's that, and then there is also they do have um, a system where they kind of tell the narrative of characters um, through through gameplay, and they they kind of unfold these specific uh, character stories through that, which I actually do like a lot. And uh, so they're, they've done 10 so far, and they're about to introduce a new book of 10 characters that you can play through uh, the narratives of. And uh, that one's going to be the uh, Book of Mercenaries. So um, you get 10 more characters there, which they're supposedly going to be telling us what the first of those 10 is going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure that out then. Um, this one is mainly, mainly setting up, uh, like, it's, it's all about the barons. So it's forged from the barons. Is the is the title of this set? So, um, yeah, from from wow, good old classic wow ogre shit. So that's the good stuff. Um, and then they also have a new system where. So this is this is the big thing about what they're trying to do here. They're they're doing a big overhaul this time in the uh, card sets that they currently have. So they're replacing basic and classic card sets with a new single set of two hundred and thirty five cards now known as a core set. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a revamped take on the classic cards um, from basic, classic, and wild, plus plus twenty new, 29 new cards. Basically, they're trying to take all the convolutedness of the old, combine it into one thing, and package it out, and put it in a way where they can keep constantly updating that one thing every year, get rid of the, do like a culling of the old shit in that set, and bring in some new stuff, and that set's now going to be like free for everyone uh, that joins Hearthstone. So it's it's a way for them to streamline for new players um, and returning old players to just kind of make it like an easier experience for them to gather cards and understand how to play also, because it it was just too many um, moving parts before, so to speak. So um, they're doing that. And they're also bringing in uh, a classic mode. Sorry, there's it's a laundry list of things. So we're making our way through. But they're bringing in a classic mode as well, which basically if you don't like that and you want these old cards back um, that are no longer really available or they've been balanced, they do have a classic mode, which uh, you can now bring back like the old version. You can actually play through old classic Hearthstone, which kind of seems to be I guess they're kind of doing that in a similar way to uh, to WoW itself. I think that they found out that there's so many people that do like that that miss the old days kind of thing that uh they're going to do the same thing with Hearthstone. so i think that's why they're doing that Uh, it is optional obviously but you can play through it uh in all of its glory and all the same modes as before and everything like that so um that's a pretty interesting thing and then of course there's they're uh constantly tweaking the tavern pass which is like the battle pass from um you know league of legends that they're copying and uh they're they're basically trying to make it more and more worth its money because it wasn't originally whenever it came mm-hmm. out. And um, uh, they're doing the Battlegrounds update, of course. They always do this. Um, it's just uh, they're bringing in a new minion type. There's uh, lots of minion types in there, but the new minion type that they're bringing in is Quillbores, which all of you guys know from from WoW. Mm-hmm. So um, that mode is going to be featuring a Quillbore minion type now, which is new. So um, not too much information there, but just a tease of a few different cards that they're going to be bringing in and then that's pretty much it actually that's all of it so a lot of information to digest from people that don't play the game at all
0: (laughs) it's interesting because i i did play it for quite a while probably the first uh well the the original a lot and then uh the first Uh two expansion packs a little bit um just because yeah it was after that it it was very very much like magic the gathering like when i was playing that as a card game as well like it has a lot of the same flaws as that is that You get to a place where you're feeling really good like you're really enjoying the way that you play it and then they go all right new year eat a dick here we go you have to buy everything and then like get to that point again that's kind of where it evolved to is it's like every expansion pack it was like spend the money or because that game's gotten worse in grind versus buy as far as like the gap has been getting bigger and bigger it just felt like if you weren't living in that game you weren't going to progress anywhere near as fast uh, as the people who were buying so that's when I sort of fell off but it is interesting that they've gone to this core mechanic because hilariously that's going back to the roots of Magic the Gathering like every year you knew you were going to buy the 2021 core set and then over the course Mm -hmm. of the year you would get the various expansion packs that would come out to sort of build the flavors from there so I was nervous when I first saw that part of the announcement. I'm like, oh shit, are they going to make people buy the core sets every year now as well? Mm -hmm. These greedy pricks. But fortunately, they're giving that away for free, which I think is a really good play because it means that if you're like, oh man, I don't want to come in like at the tail end of this season, I'm going to get wrecked. But you wait for the next core update, it kind of introduces a logical jump in point for people who want to come back and be almost on a level ground with a lot of other people. So... I think there's, mm. I think that's a smart well, choice.
1: I, I have to say, you know, I, I even though like I, I say it as a joke, but it really is for real. At the same time, like, I, I really do think a lot of this is brought about from Legends of Runeterra because you can see they are trying to streamline to a much more free to play system because they know it was so heavy pay to win before, mm. and they've seen the success of Legends of Runeterra with their far more free to play style. Um, and these, these core sets and these b- battle passes and things like that, like these are all, um, you know, like trying to be more like, you know, different versions of what uh, Legend of Terra has. So it's a good thing all in all, because it's forcing, you know, like this game, I think it's now honestly going to be a much better version of itself because of that. So I'm glad. And, uh, I, I think that from what I saw, most people are very happy about those changes that are coming. And the the tavern pass in all reality like people did not like it whenever it came out it was very yeah. still like heavy pay to win they've been tweaking that over time now it's supposed to be in a much better place okay. they're still trying to tweak it to be more um rewarding but the biggest thing was yeah that new core set to be much more free to play friendly whenever new players come in so yeah it overall like it's it's a good thing to see like they're going in the right direction and they knew that they needed to overhaul and it looks like they're doing it so.
0: Yeah. So I think anyone listening to this podcast know that we've all been like hard for Diablo 4 since the announcement. So let's save the best till last. Yes. Uh, Overwatch 2. Which one of you guys covered that one?
2: That would be me.
0: All right. <laughs> What's going on? Because they, they said it wasn't coming this year in all the pre announcements. So uh, what did we learn about Overwatch 2?
2: Well, then they still didn't actually say whether or not it's going to be coming this year. The one thing they did say was that, uh, you know, they feel it's in a good place right now. If they wanted to, they could sit down and play some Overwatch. But they want to take some more time to polish it and make it actually feel like, you know, a next step in the evolution of Overwatch. So the... So two years. Yeah, exactly. By Blizzard terms, (laughs) this is exactly twenty twenty four. In 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 this situation, what they did was they talked a lot about some of the new stuff that they finally could mention specifically. So the first thing they kind of dove into was new maps, and they talked about Mm -hmm. um, two maps specifically: uh, Rome and New York City. And the things they focused on that were how each map had its own initial kind of uh decor feeling to it with rome it was a lot of the old world architecture and how they rebuilt a lot of the stuff that had been destroyed and then added uh you know the overwatch feel cart- style of art and then right. some of the new technology stuff that they added in there and a lot mm-hmm. of that was with new york city as well you had the the deco the art deco style feel in addition mm. to the modern touch that they added on there so they had a lot right. of the, the, I mean the stuff they showed from the maps looked really cool uh, the, and specifically with with those maps they, they talked about how big like the hero mission stuff is the code the, the PVE experience that they're really talking about it's it's I was saying uh, to you to earlier that it it felt very borderlands to me but then we narrowed down to it's actually more destiny like you've got your talent system that's used to level up heroes and they're saying like there's going to be like hundreds of missions because they're basically talking about you know the units combined with the mission types combined with the locations is going to offer a bunch of different options for those missions they also talked about how in existing levels They're going to do stuff like add new parts to those levels. They specifically mentioned a payload mission in King's Row, where all of a sudden the payload takes a turn past a couple of doors that were closed previously. Now all of a sudden they open and you have access to a brand new area of this map that you've never seen before. So one of the other things they also focused on was a one of their, I guess, art or animation or, or, or environment guys decided to take some extra time and put a mock up together for weather effects. So they have added situations where you'll be in a place where it has sandstorms all of a sudden kick up or blizzards all of a sudden kick up new lighting effects for whether or not a location is in the middle of the day, early morning or at night. Uh, not to mention that as well like different locations in the world have different types of lighting so your sun in california is going to look different than it does in the middle east they've added that as part of the the new changes and updates they've done to the graphic level of the game they focused they didn't give us too much as far as like what the progression and talents look like they did talk about some options and some ideas they're kicking around They gave specifics like with uh, Soldier 76. He has his biotic heel that creates a ring. Normally he has to stand in the ring and he can't move. But they have an option where you can drop the ring and the ring goes with him. Or it becomes a barrier and people can't get in to the barrier. He can push people back. They talked about things like uh, allowing uh, effects on abilities with... Uh, elemental things like uh, one of the things they showed was junk rats trap having an element an electrical effect to where it'll shock enemies if they get closer step into it, uh, which is another thing they've added animation detection and collision detection. So if you hit a target and that target gets bounced back, it'll react to the other targets behind it, and more importantly, they'll react to it. So they'll get knocked around a little bit. So they they talked a lot about the tech stuff that they've learned and have added along uh, in in overwatch 2 and that's not just like the physics thing but also with some of the characters the character design and the art they've made sure that if a character's costume has straps or buckles or something they're there for a reason they, they make sense within the character costume the some of the text or uh, texture passes, they've been able to do with the shadowing and and things like that have given more depth and more realism to texture. So things that are cloth look like they're cloth, things that are metal look like they're actually metal, and and so on and so forth. It's a lot. Really, the, the main focus that they kept saying was, you know, they want this to feel like it's, it's an improvement, not just a expansion pack to the existing game. So things like sounds things like animations guns uh, that all of those things are going to get an overhaul one of the things i did mention that i wasn't too keen about was including a camera shake or more of a camera shake when you're firing and Ugh. my first thought was i'm turning that off if i can yeah so <laughs> yeah it's like i i don't don't want to go through all of that um the other thing to talk about was pvp and how they're talking about upgrading the, the roles that each uh, group has and expanding their combat field, giving them passives, right? Something like tanks have more knockback resistance, so you can't go around booping everybody all over the place. DPS characters move faster so they can get into position easier. Healers, after a time, if they're not taking any damage, maybe they have a passive self healing effect that would come in they even they one of the examples they also use was maybe reinhardt has two uh charges of his fire strike right Mm -hmm. he can cancel his charge in in you know midway so and then he can be more maneuverable when he's in the charge really the idea is we want they wanted to have these characters who look like they could be more menacing and more uh physical more in your face to actually be able to survive and act that way they felt Mm -hmm. that tanks too much right now were just bullet sponges and weren't capable of doing kind of some of the things that they want them to do Mm -hmm. and finally the the stuff they talked about was uh, a lot of more of the PVE stuff where they had the story development you have uh, the second Omnic Uprising these are kind of things that they've already alluded to in existing cinematics that they've already done so your in-game cinematic intros and outros they're doing a lot of work on those but they want to make it so those things aren't like detracting and they're not taking you out of the experience but more to the point of coloring it so if you start a mission and there's a big battle happening in the intro cinematic when that mission starts you should be right in the middle of that battle right and Mm. and have set pieces and and actions and stuff that kind of coincide with what's going on in that battle that expands into dialogue. They're doing really a lot more with dialogue. It's so, so much so they're going to have branching dialogue. So if you have two characters on one mission and you bring two different characters or even swap one of those characters out, that dialogue is going to potentially change as a result. Mm-hmm. So the, just the huge maps are another thing. So there, there was a lot of stuff that they didn't go into specific details, but they talked about their ideas and some of the things they
0: wanted to do. So, hearing all that, it sounds like okay, we're going to clean up a lot of the mechanics and like really rework a lot of the characters and the way they operate, and that's all good, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this is this is built up as Overwatch 2, right? And this is where we really dive into PVE, it's going to open up, there's going to be all these missions. Do they say anything about raids at all? No, nothing
2: about raids or anything of that nature, like no end game loon or anything. They it's it feels like a lot of what they're hoping players are going to continue to come back and play will be all tied into the talent and upgrade system. So there's there's nothing like equipable equipable inventory enough. or anything. I didn't hear anything about like equipable inventory. I may have missed it. Hopefully, I didn't. But I didn't hear anything that specifically talked about adding new stuff like that.
1: Honestly, I think that game does terribly unless it has like like some type of end game which also includes obviously like equipable items and stuff like that some way to upgrade your your character well a reason to play
0: it more than once is, is the real thing here yeah. because to me it sounds like this sounds like you could do something like the story in titanfall 2 is that you mm-hmm. can have this really great incredible story that you can tell with like really you know awesome characters and the way they interact with each other and play through it once and go mm-hmm. you know what that was a great experience and if they Mm -hmm. sell it like that as that like you can just play that co-op fine you know but if you want to make this something that people are going to keep going back to and farming that well what we're hearing so far i can't see a reason why i would do that more than once well so that's kind of what they're talking about with the the variation of their missions in
2: the sense that that there's so much content there that it does keep it fresh and it doesn't make it seem like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. But I I, I can see where that might be because you only have so many different types of enemies in the game. You know, there's only so many areas you can go to. So even if you were to swap the enemies out, swap some of the mission objectives out, you're still in, you, you get an idea. So a heist mission is still a heist mission. A scavenger hunt is still a scavenger hunt. The only thing that changes is the enemies you're going against and the location you're at. Is that enough?
1: It's the reward system to me. Yeah. Like It, it seems to lack a reward system. Well,
2: uh, again, they didn't specify how long it'll take you to get through the progression tree, but they did talk mm-hmm. about things like as you explore the progression, you look at it for a character and find out that at the bottom of the tree, this character changes to be able to do this new thing. And as a result, you put in the
0: time and effort to unlock that talent so you but can my have understanding that for changed. that is that that's not going to carry across to pvp anyway so what's the point of unlocking all these skill trees so then you can yeah. go back and play the same missions over and over yeah kind of like you know borderlands right you get, but, well, but again at least in borderlands you get loot
1: item yeah that's the problem is that yeah loot variation is something yeah, it's, to it's the farm key. there's for one it. thing that's always there's one progress bar that's always finite basically which is talents or skills mm-hmm. or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it for whatever game and then there's one that is infinite, which is like items, basically variable items. Yeah. And so, like, that's the end game grind right there, not the the thing that's finite. Yeah. So. And he, here's the comment I, that I, you
0: I, said that worried me: that they said there's going to be hundreds of missions. Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds like it's about to get the Avengers treatment, where there in that yeah. game there is, if you add it all up, there are probably over a hundred different missions that you do in the course of the Avengers game and its multiplayer elements so far, right? Mm -hmm. but they are all skins of four missions Mm -hmm. it's the same thing over and over like there is literally four locations there is like four things that are going to happen like it's either a collect mission it's i mean you look at in the overwatch context like they might say oh here's this amazing storyline but then it's just a push the cart to the end is the mission Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like there's a hell of a lot of repetition of the gameplay itself to get to that story and that's fine. But once the story's done, what's the driving force to keep it coming back? So I think that game really needs to decide what it's going to be before it gets there. Is it just going to be the Overwatch multiplayer experience we've come to expect with mechanics mm-hmm. that have been fine tuned and a single player story campaign that you, or a multiplayer campaign you can go through that is fun and is great for like a couple of playthroughs, sure. Or are they really going to commit to this and go to the route of destiny where they're going to have things that you unlocked? There's going to be seasonal events. There's going to be you know raids and new mission types that are going to have different types of gear. Because I think what they'll probably do is try and build it around skins. I think that you'll have to complete this content and maybe complete it a certain amount of time to get skins. But you know, I think the people that want that is a specific crew, but I don't think it's got the same broad appeal that it could. So I'm probably a little bit more nervous about Overwatch 2 that I think it sounds like even they are a little bit confused about what this is. Yeah, I mean... I
1: th- I'm just afraid it's going to be basic bitch. That's, that's kind of what <laughs> I feel like it's going to end up
0: being. <laughs> well, I, I think right
2: now they're probably banking on a lot of people using the current you know, you know, know PvP element or gameplay or whatever to keep coming back and playing. So I guess they don't want to mess with that formula too much because it does that, seem that's to fine. be But successful. they were
0: always saying that they were always going to keep Overwatch as it was and mm-hmm. that all the updates and, and upgrades that they made to Overwatch into Overwatch 2's multiplayer were going to remain free and accessible to people who purchased Overwatch 1. Yes. So that means that like this whole PvE thing was, was sold really as you're paying the retail price and whatever ongoing fees there might be for that game. But what that experience is right now, I'm incredibly confused because like why to keep i mean you say it's to like build up your skill trees that's fine but mm-hmm. surely you'd be able to do that through playing through each of those missions to get to quote unquote the end and if you keep on playing them over and over again like what's the value like what are you actually getting because if you unlock the skill tree that's great what are you going to do with that new skill tree you're going to be able to do those missions faster okay mm-hmm. great i'm going to be better i'm going to die less i'm going to get through it faster what's the point does that mean I could do harder difficulties? What am I getting as a reward for my time of doing harder difficulties? Mm-hmm. Is it to just get platinum trophies and skins? That's going to appeal to a certain market of gamer. But yeah. for the rest of us, why would we do that more than once? So I just, I don't understand based on the information we have, what they're trying to do. I feel
1: like that's probably going to be the route it ends up going to because I feel like if they did have something a little more expansive, they would have said it at this point.
0: Yeah, and it could also be a reason why they're for the delay. Yeah, because I mean, look at the games that sell themselves as like loot games, but there's no loot at the end. Anthem and Avengers. People walked away from those games inside weeks because they blew through all the content that was given to them. They maxed the skill trees. And then what was there left to do other than repeat the same missions? There was nothing. So everyone bailed on those games. And yet Blizzard's out here at the moment describing... What realistically is Anthem and Avengers, but just not saying they have a loot system. So mm-hmm. there's something missing from this pitch for me. There's something missing from that whole experience. I think there's nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, not some disappointed. Some draw, end game content. Some draw It's just the end game out. content, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it's backing down from what they said Overwatch was going to be, what Overwatch Two was going to be. They've completely walked away from the pitch that they made to us two years ago. So what? Hope I'm okay. I'm trying to think, what exactly was the pitch from two years ago? The pitch was going to be that we were going to get quote-unquote destiny uh, in this universe. Yeah, which okay. is, why would you not copy and paste the most successful multiplayer competitive game out there right now with ongoing mm, true. playthroughs? True. Like I, I don't understand this decision. So, I mean, I mean, I'll have to go through and watch it all myself, but from the way you're describing it, there's no hook. Yeah. Mm. If it's a single-player playthrough experience and you're selling it that way, Completely understand. Like, and then it's just like, well, what's that going to be? I don't know if that's worth a full retail purchase, unless you're telling me it's like you know, fifteen to twenty hours long for the story. Yeah, and I, again, I,
2: yeah, as you said, they they didn't have a whole lot outside of that. They didn't go into super amount of details on a lot of things.
0: Come yeah, on. yeah. Well, I mean, they said this is not coming out this year in the pre stuff a couple weeks ago. So yeah, if it's more than a year away, hopefully that stuff they're building in, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Now. let's get to the really exciting stuff tell me all about uh well first of all there's two parts Diablo 4 is what I want to hear about the most but uh Diablo Immortal I haven't seen anyone talking about today yet
1: yeah so Diablo Immortal that's because there wasn't that much so like there was Uh a it was about it was about 50 minutes or so of an interview with um one of the main content creators for Diablo Immortal that played through the alpha Mm -hmm. and um he fucking went ham on that thing ham and a half Hammond Hamm three quarters if you will. okay uh, he he played through everything maxed out everyone went through went through a lot of the Paragon system for everyone as well he never put the game down he said so he was talking uh, in interviewing two of the devs uh, one of which was the guy who made the uh, you all Have phones right remark, right, which they brought up in the interview um, but basically it was it was a really uh, nice interview everyone was was having fun just so you know the vibe was like was, was pretty good there. Um, everyone was very excited about the game. They just showed more footage about the game. Um, they were more just talking about the things that they experienced in the alpha, which I would go into. But, um, you know, Hooch has already really done that for us. Okay. So we already spoke to that. The only really new thing there is that, which Hooch, I'm not sure if you're aware of, but, um, you know, they thought that the, um, that the end game was already kind of shown mm-hmm. in the alpha. But apparently, because um, he was like, "Okay, so you know, this is what we're looking at for for the end game," and they were like, "Oh, no, 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 that's not the yeah. end game." And then, and then he was like, "Oh, it's not." And then they were like, "No, no, 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 that's that's like yeah. mid game. That's not the end game at all. Like we, there, there's you know, the cap is going to be level sixty. Yep. Like that's that's more mid mid game. We have way more things coming
2: for the yeah." They game. specified that in the beginning of the in the fine print or whatever that what you were seeing was early and mid game. You were not seeing end game.
1: Yeah, so for the endgame, it's good to know that they're going to be looking at a lot more um, stuff for, for the end game. It sounded, from what they were saying, like a lot more stuff. So that, that's very exciting to see. Um, you know, this was... Everything looked good. Um, I, I saw a little bit more of, of some of the items and things that were coming. I did see how there was throwbacks of older skills from like D2 and stuff like that built into items now, which was pretty interesting. Um, I'm not sure if you had any of those, if you were lucky enough to get any of those drops during the alpha I, or not. I but... didn't
2: get anything really that cool that they were showing or that I saw, but I, I did notice that a lot of that was where your where your new cool stuff came from was legendaries, not sets. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so um they did say more sets are coming. Um, but yeah, like there was when they showed the ice orb from the ice source in D two. Mm-hmm um that was like part of an item and so like you saw like uh, like this barbarian was attacking and then a fucking ice orb came huh. out of nowhere and it was fucking sick so um yeah so that's basically what's going on with uh, diablo immortal not too much there now we can get into the d4 stuff so unless before any, you did anyone any was there
0: any discussions at all about release windows for immortal
1: no <laughs> no one touched it <laughs> No one nice touched surprise. the release
0: window on it. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm curious about, like, obviously their games as a service model, too. Like, because obviously there's how mm-hmm. they released that originally. Didn't, didn't touch it. But I cannot see them leaving it as it comes out. Like, I fully anticipate Diablo Immortal is going to have, like, planned iterations that there'll be, like, events. There will be. You know, seasons where like gear will change and things like that, especially if the abilities are tied oh, yeah. to s- items, there's no way that's not going to evolve mm-hmm. over time with new areas and things like that.
1: Oh, yeah. They said this is long, like that this game is long term. Yeah. So they've, they've put in systems purposely um, that they know that they can evolve over time because they know the longevity of this game is going to be over like many years mm-hmm. because they want that they're not going to make a. Diablo immortal 2, at least not for the foreseeable future. Like they want this to be like the staple mobile game for Diablo. So, um, yeah, that, that's what they're, they're planning on doing. So no, no, they didn't touch on, you know, what the, any kind of like pricing structure or the economics of the game or anything like that. If there's a buy sell system in it or when the release date was. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. They did say that there is going to be another round of testing, um, but uh, they didn't specify exactly when. So yeah, they were still kind of vague on some of those details. Like I said, not much came out of this discussion as far as new
0: information. Well, you know, there's going to be an open beta at some point anyway. So it, yeah,
1: yeah, that's what they were alluding
0: to, which is yeah. basically soft launch these days. Let's be real; like open betas yeah. now on mobile platforms. Like if you're in day one, and and like that's why I'm curious if there's any PvP, because uh, how you balance that with people who if it's all about the grind, have been in there for months ahead of you, which is the way that mobile, you know, betas work now. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. only PvP
1: that they touched on in there, and I'm not sure if it's because uh, PvP was already a thing in the test that they just didn't even bother bringing up because it was apparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that was that a thing, Hooch? PvP? No,
2: they didn't have As far as I know, there wasn't PvP, okay. but you did have, like, things that you could you could tap and somebody else couldn't hit but i don't know what are
0: you PvP. doing together in that game so, is there anything or is it basically just single player diablo as we've always known it which was just on mobile no I, I uh no
1: you could party yeah. with people mm-hmm. on it, but there was like as far as pvp is concerned like so they didn't say that there's any like specific like pvp style except for there's like you know events like there's uh, events in certain areas throughout the world which you probably participated in some um but one of the events in one of the parts of world is a basically big free-for-all uh, PVP arena. Ooh. but it's, an, it's not like, a, like a, it's not like its own mode or anything like that. You know it's more of just like that's that world's little event. It's like a free-for-all arena kind of thing. So um, there isn't like a ladder system or do it or anything like that. I hope that there's going to be a more like um, definitive PVP system outside of that little thing. Uh, which I assume that that will probably be a thing but um, especially considering what, what I found out about for D4 today which sounds like a lot of fun so yeah do you guys have any more questions on that or do you want me to move on to D4
0: uh, look I have plenty of questions for it but I don't think we've got the answers so yeah let's <laughs> get into Diablo 4 because this is, this is what I kind of predict will be the case is that Diablo 4 is probably the game that more of us want but I think it's going to be they're going to do this for fan service and then it's going to be all about their future plans for Diablos all built into Immortal that's that's the way I still predict. This is where this is going.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have definitely like it's it's hard to say you're wrong because like like Immortal definitely looks like the long run game because it's mobile and mobile games they they don't really die if they do very well they just keep going. So, um, but yeah, with with D four, I will say the game looks fucking clean. Mm-hmm. Like that game looks so good it is ridiculous. Um. The graphics on it just look insanely good. I'm so excited to play it. Every little bit of it looked so, um, like, just well-detailed. Seeing that as a comparison to um, D3, night and day difference. So, I really loved it. Um, So, one of the first things that they announced, uh, they did a cinematic for the introduction of the Rogue. Um, I'm assuming both of you guys saw that, at least, right?
0: Yeah, I saw the Hmm. cinematic. And there's one thing I want yeah. to point out as well. Um, the Rogue is not a new character in the Diablo universe. It's a returning character. Because no, the Rogue 1. was in the original, yeah. the OG Diablo 1. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That's why they kind of wanted to bring her back. She was the, basically they were trying to figure out what to do for a character that kind of fit the bill for, like they, or they knew that they wanted someone that kind of like had this assassiny vibe, like from mm-hmm. D2, but they also knew that they wanted a new kind of refreshed bow character. And so they're like, you know what? Like, the Rogue from D1, like, that would be perfect to fit this bill. And so they were like, let's just let's just go with the Rogue and totally, you know, remake her and and put in all of those things. So that's exactly what they did. Now, I just want to – actually, I'll get to that part in a second. So basically, the Rogue was introduced through the cinematic. Um, there's a few little details in the cinematic that I'll talk about in a, in a, in a few minutes. But um, the really interesting thing about the Rogue is that it has class specialization that it's it's like narratively based in the game so you can and and supposedly this is very specific to just the rogue um but there are a couple of different factions in the world which will you can align yourself with them and depending on which one you align yourself with you will, and you uh, you will have to play through the narrative to like you know continuously like grow and gain reputation through that system. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to uh, increase your class specialization, and you can either go through the route of like com- there's a, a version that requires combat points, and then there's a shadow realm version, and then there's an exploit weakness version. So it's like these three little specialization differences that you can um, learn depending on what route you take. Now they weren't, it sounded like it was very much one or the other. Like it Mm -hmm. wasn't like you can, you can, I'm not sure if you can easily switch or what the deal is there, but it sounded like it was one or the other. So the combat point system is, is as it sounds, basically, you know, certain abilities uh, give you, um, you know, one, two or three, uh, points. And once you hit three, you get an additional effect on whatever your ability is. So uh, it's honestly very similar to um, like monk style in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the combat uh, point system and then or specialization rather. And then there's a shadow realm specialization, which basically allows you to enter the shadow realm and it allows you to to bring like a subsect of enemies around you into the shadow realm with you. So you can kind of um, just fuck them up with not having to worry about all the other people that were around you as well. And then you pop out of the shadow realm. So it's a way to kind of like narrow the playing field a little bit and, um, you know, take some people out uh, very slyly. So that's the shadow realm and then exploit weakness. It's basically uh, a system where it's almost kind of like a counter attack system Mm -hmm. where um, people during certain animations uh, will get like this mark above them. And if you react quickly enough, you're able to take advantage and deal extra damage and stuff like that. Um, She's a very, very high mobility Uh, character you can play her either as uh, short swords daggers or bows they seem to be using bows a lot and um, for anyone that that played uh, like the d2 mercenary system do you you guys remember those the mercs no i didn't play d2 remember oh that's right oh my god yeah you're crazy (laughs) Uh, um thank god you'll play d2 resurrected (laughs) um but uh, chu do you remember the the mercenaries not really
0: oh the ones that come with you on the missions
1: Yeah. 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 They, they had like different, if you remember from act one, they had like, um, you know, you had the bow ones and they Mm -hmm. would be imbued with, with different elements. Well, they really liked that idea from the mercenaries there. So they decided to apply that to, um, the rogue here. And so you can, uh, any of your, uh, like attacks, whether it be, you're using your bow or your daggers or whatever, um, with, uh, specific types of, um, like elements. So, and they, those elements had like totally different effects depending on what you were doing. So yeah, that, that's pretty much sums up what everything that they revealed about the rogue looks like a very cool character. Um, it's not going to be my character. That sounds a little too like high maintenance for me. I'm definitely going to be the druid, but uh, yeah, it does sound like fun. I think that's a lot of people's play styles right there. So it'll be pretty interesting to see. Does that does that sound like anyone's fancy here? Uh, yes
0: and no. I mean, I'm curious about some of those abilities you described and how that's going to cross mm-hmm. over into modes where you're allowed to play with other people. Like, for example, that Shadow said Realm that ability. They
1: broken as fuck. They, they literally said that she is broken in PvP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, that's a problem, they said now. there's Yeah, they said there's literally, as of right now, there's nothing scarier than a... Um, rogue doing her freeze bow off a mount freezing you and your enemies and popping in front of her face or in front of your face with her daggers they said there's nothing scarier
0: yeah so some of those modes I'm curious as to like how those abilities interact and then obviously it seems like if you're wanting to play all the different versions, because obviously one of the things with these mm. games is, well, there's two parts. One is obviously getting every character maxed, but then how that might work in regards to seasons as well, like whether they're going to continue mm. the season's mechanics into Diablo 4, because if you have to level, let's say you want to do that every season, uh, which some people do, that might mean you got to do that with three to four different assassins, uh, or sorry, mm. rogues alone to get to that point. Because you need to get the narrative unlocks uh, for each of those. so Or maybe you only do one. So, I mean, that's that's only a small complaint, I guess. But the PvP thing with some of those abilities sounds like they're too weird to interact with other people. So, whether they have like, you know, let's say in in traditional MMOs, there was like hero abilities that you could only use Mm -hmm. in PvP, uh, PvE solo content. Which would make it a very easy way Mm -hmm. to write those in and out um for the narrative differences i suppose so yeah i'm curious Mm -hmm. i mean that that class looks awesome um it looks like a mix of uh the old amazon meets assassin meets uh you know og rogue some skills from world of warcraft as well i saw some caltrops so there's very assassin vibes there as well so (laughs) yeah i'm curious and a little bit of demon hunter as well with some of the abilities
1: yeah i definitely got demon hunter and um whatchamacallit demon hunter boson and and assassin for sure yeah like those were those were the big ones to me i still don't like her like i would have rather taken a amazon or a assassin over so what her, are the honestly, characters
0: the moment? Uh, we got we've got still. barbarian we've got
1: barbarian sorceress druid and rogue
0: okay interesting
1: yeah and they they said obviously they said you know specifically there's still more room by the camp nice so, you know, they do. We do know more people are coming. Nice. I mean, you might as well just say Necro. Um, I mean,
0: I don't know why that is not going to now. You know, <laughs> you know there's going to be a Necro 100%.
1: Yeah, I, I'm really kind of upset because I really wanted the Amazon to come back. Um, mm-hmm. But at least I get the player and D2 resurrected. So, whatever. Um, all right. So, then on, on to the other stuff about it. So, um, they did say uh, they talked a lot about. Um, the traversal or uh, yeah traversing through through the areas here they really wanted to add verticality to it so there is a lot of areas which are going to be able to be explored by moving up and down as well and almost kind of like puzzle-ish like features of having to move through different areas so it's not going to be quite as linear um, whenever you're you know you're you're dungeon crawling or you're, you're exploring new areas and stuff like that so and that that did look well made so i'm i'm glad about that they just said it adds more variety and it's less of a slog basically Mm -hmm. um moving through the world and obviously i'm sure everyone already knew but there's a mount system Mm -hmm. in, in place and um it looked really good like the mount system the way that they had it looked really good um but with this they said uh it's actually quite in depth as far as how the mount system works. So like you can customize your horses. They, they don't, the, the horses can't help you in battle or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that you can do combat wise, as far as a horse is you, every uh, character has an ability where they jump off the horse into combat with a special move. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like if you get hit when you're on a horse, you're, you get off the horse and you can't attack from the horse unless you're doing that one move to unmount. So um, but as far as where the, the horses are concerned, you can uh, customize your horses with like armor like like horse armor specifically. There's different types and breeds of horses. Um, they showed one that was a like a skeleton horse that looked really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah they, they there's like armor sets for them and everything like that as well. So apparently there's a bunch of stuff that you can do with with your mounts. I didn't see anything other than horses. I don't know if there is anything other than horses. They didn't allude to that. So I, as of right now, it looks like it's just horses, but I'm sure that that's going to be an expansion point in the future if it isn't already going to be, uh, you know, something else other than horses right now. Um, So there's that. They also talked a lot about how they wanted to keep high fidelity to whatever region you're currently in. So like whenever you're a part of a region that's like uh, in the Middle East, for instance, it obviously, you know, harkens to the Middle East you're going to be finding armor and weapons that are specifically tied to that region and the way that they look mm-hmm. like with the aesthetics of them. They said that that was really important to build depth into the world. And they wanted to, to kind of keep that, um, immersion. And so they, they showed just some highlights of, of some of the armors and the weapons. Um, and, uh, for this, once again, this kind of like middle Eastern area and they looked really cool. So I'm glad they're kind of doing that. It, it just makes things a little bit more interesting. And, um, as far as, uh, like, character creation, I'm slightly confused on the character creation. They showed a little bit of it. So, like, there's details as far as, um, like, they even show, like, right off the bat, like, like, full different, like, sets as far as, like, cosmetic outfits. I'm not sure if those were, like, items that they had found and they just, you know you know, we're doing it for demo purposes or cause it looked like it was right on the character creation screen and they were going through like a bunch of different outfits. Um, so I'm not sure what the deal is with that. Um, but so there's that, but you can also like change your tattoos. It looked like you can change your eyes. Um, I didn't see them changing the hair or the face. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's a, like it, there is character creation to a degree but i don't think that you can really care change like the exact character you are like the way that that character kind of generally looks like in with her face and her hairstyle i i think that that's just kind of it you can just kind of change like her eye color and like her tattoos and stuff like that so um that seems a little limited unless there's more that they just didn't show
0: so, Why does it feel like that big a know. deal though? Because let's be real, like in games like Diablo, that your main character might as well be a faceless be mannequin because it's all about the flares yeah. of the uh, the armor anyway. So I'm not too stressed about that. That's not a big deal for
1: the for the face. I wish it was a little bit different because I I'm the kind of guy unless I have a super cool mask, like I'll I'll be the turn on invisible helm kind of thing. Right, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. So yeah. um, the body for the most part, I don't really give a shit about. Um, as long as I have an XXL dick down there, like in uh, cyber cyberpunk, mm-hmm. well, there was that's, no that's XL like available. That was that, uh, that's Lodge true. Only. It was just it was just large, which wasn't if I remember correctly, like wasn't that large. Oh, I made me feel pretty right. good
0: about the definition of large, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I was like that's definitely I've a game designer so that news. was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but anyway, so uh, there's that, and then. Um, so th- this part is, this part is cool. Like PVP was what I loved in Diablo 2. And so um, they kind of actually went back to this. And I'm not sure if you guys picked up on this, but, well, you definitely didn't, Hooch. But um, Chu, mm. in the trailer, in, I mean, in the cinematic, was there anything that you saw there that you were like, ah, oh, D2?
0: In the cinematic?
1: In the cinematic that released today for The Rogue.
0: All the E's
1: yes the ears yeah. Mm. so yeah the ears were like a, a a thing in d2 whenever you went out and pvp'd against people um whenever they died they drop an ear oh. and uh well oh, then not drop it so cut
0: it off but yeah it, i know what you mean it's, it, it's yeah. in the, it's in the you, loot box yeah, yeah. It,
1: exactly yeah, yeah. You, you, whenever they die an ear appears and then you can pick it up and it's kind of like a trophy honestly never did that much for me i didn't really give a shit about it, it, it took up space in my inventory But um, that was just like a cool little throwback there um, alluding to the fact that there is PVP and there is indeed PVP in this (laughs) game. So uh, basically um, they are so they're doing the ears again. The ears are just trophies though. It's not, they were, they said they were debating making it into some kind of currency and they might do that in the future. But as of right now, it's just more of a trophy, but uh, there's going to be specific zones in the world where, they're like hostile zones so the second you walk into them other people can attack you Mm -hmm. but there's also going to be lots of monsters in there and what happens when you're in those zones is that there are you can kill characters Mm -hmm. or you can kill specific monsters in there and they will drop um these shards of hate is what it's Mm -hmm. called and as you kill more shards or as you gather more shards of hate through whatever you know way you do within this little area, you can basically go and purify these shards at these um, like kind of altars. Mm-hmm. And the second you try to purify these shards, it puts basically an alarm on for everyone in that giant hostile area that like what's going on and that someone's over here trying to purify a, a shard. Mm-hmm. And Chances are people will come and attack. Oh, you. so they've and they stolen kill that kill from and get those
0: Division Two.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. So that's so.
0: What happens in Division Two is that uh, you go into I can't remember what that zone's called, like the Quarantine Zone, whatever the hell it's called. Um, you go, you kill like the special units that are there, and then you get like some really like good shit drop for you. The Dark Zone, thanks, Rooster. Mm-hmm. And then what will happen is is that you are not allowed to just walk out of that zone. You have to call in a helicopter. And then what that will do is in the time it takes, you have to get to the helicopter, tie the loot box to the chopper, and then the chopper will leave in a certain time frame. But while that's happening, there will be three waves of PVE things that will try to kill you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, all over the map, everyone goes... You know what? That's a helicopter. There's probably a bloke attached to that. <laughs> so Everyone just runs and fucks you uh, in that area. So I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, yeah, there's not going to be pacifists in that zone. I hope that's not where all the endgame loot is, because <laughs> if it is, I think you either love PvP or, yeah, and it certainly opens up the whole gang squads will rule yep. as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it won't be because of uh, more of things that they they said, which I'll I'll talk about in a second. Um, So I don't know if you can, like before in D2, like you could team up with people, right? Like you could ally with people and then hostile other people. Mm -hmm. And um, so you could kind of make like impromptu teams uh, in PvP. Sure, I'm not sure if you can do that same thing here. Like you can certainly choose not to attack someone. But I don't know if you can kind of ally yourself directly with someone and then... Like now, you two are automatically on a team versus these other people or whatever. Um, so we'll have to to see what happens with that. But they did say like, yeah, like if you are trying to farm some stuff, you and your friends, you got to go in there and you know you can farm and stuff. And it's much easier to to purify those shards if you have you know a squad sure. with you. Um, so what else did they announce? But they did mate? say so with that. Um, basically, when you if you are able to purify these shards. Um, there are vendors in that area, which then you can take those shards to, and the, from them you can buy uh, gear and cosmetics. The gear isn't... It's not meant to be, like, better gear than what you'll get in the outside world, but it will be more PvP-focused gear mm-hmm. as far as stats are concerned, and it'll be different kind of cosmetics and stuff like that. Um, also, along with it, there is a kind of king, a king of the arena status where, like the more people that you kill and, and monsters that you kill while you're in there, you will eventually be kind of like crowned in a way, and people will be alerted to it where you are at all times and you're given like specific bonuses. This is
0: exactly so. division two. Like everything that you and just that said is, is mechanics is. ripped straight <laughs> out of that <laughs> PvP system.
1: <laughs> that is what it is then. There you but go. But yeah, um and that that's pretty much um everything that they said that's new that's coming.
0: Okay, so that's that's so just the PvP system and the new character. That's all we know so far.
1: PvP system, the new character, and those those tiny little details. Yeah, right.
0: So obviously, Nova Lusa, because no, was this an interview with streamers again?
1: This was no. This was an interview um, with uh, de- developers, like just the developers. There okay. wasn't a streamer attached to this one. So
0: none of the stuff we want to know, like is there going to be <laughs> in game raids? Yeah. Have I have plans. Think that's for, why. None, none of yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly why they didn't have a streamer on there. They wanted to be able to control the questions.
0: I think you find that the streamers uh wouldn't have been what it seems anyway. Like we know from being that's true, uh, a good point. You know, when we did work for a while with one particular company as you know one of their not representatives but let's say you know partnerish type things that you know when you go into something that looks like it's an off the cuff interview, you've had to pre screen every question that you wanted to ask by them they take that to their PR team and the devs, and then they will usually cut that down in half and say you are not allowed to talk about the following things in your questions. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the way it works. Oh, so yeah, I, it might have seemed organic and flowy, and you'll say the streamers did a great job, which I no doubt they did, but I'm sure there was a lot of questions they would have wanted to ask, but Blizzard would have said, hey, you want to be our prominent little streamer feature, dude, don't do this. Yeah yeah it could be the case yeah. yeah there you go i was hoping for more i guess uh i don't mm-hmm. get wrong i'm Me excited by the class uh, but from blizzcon as a whole it's just uh yeah it's drip fed stuff like there's nothing really concrete about when we're going to get this or what the finished product's going to look like answers about end game especially seems to be my main complaint i think is that all of these, I don't know what I'm going to be doing after I finish this game, uh, whether they're going to be games of service models or whether it's going to be a one and done. And then the only difference is going to be if you want to play it as different characters for different narrative choices. So, yeah.
1: I mean, both of them are positioned to have to be games of service. Like they, they did all say that they will be servicing the game and, and it will have an end game. Mm-hmm. The real question is, yeah, how, how good is that end game? Um, yeah. But yeah, do, Diablo 2 Resurrected is the big thing on my radar right now. I can't wait to play that.
0: Movie. Ooh, okay. so, which is interesting because it's I'm literally just Diablo sure. 2. Like that's, that's all it is. <laughs> it's just Diablo 2. It, you already know it is. Know what it is an upgraded
1: Diablo. 2. It's an upgraded Diablo 2, but that's why I like it. Like I love every bit of Diablo 2. Like I could, mm. I can easily go back and play that and have a fantastic time. What excites me about it is that so many more people are going to be playing it now, and or playing it for the first time, and the fact that you can play it on, you know, multiple different uh, systems. Yeah. Means that you're going to have a very large group of people, so I I can't wait to.
0: Hey, I saw back. there's cross progression, but I should have asked the question for mm-hmm. D2. Is there cross play? So if I'm on my Switch, can I? Group I was wondering up with the you? same
1: thing. I was wondering the same thing. Not not asked. It was now
0: Seems like a big one. Uh, I'm assuming not. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be platform specific.
1: Uh, actually, I don't know because come to think of it, through the other like conversations, because they did talk at one point about it, like when they said like globally and they were talking about how many people are going to be on one servers mm-hmm. they didn't seem like they were confining it so maybe not like i think that was just a genuine like gap in questioning where no one specifically asked the question but i i don't know because they did specifically say cross progress and i didn't see um like them specifically say in typography cross play so i have no idea we'll have to wait and see on that one
0: right there you go BlizzCon. 2021 done and dusted for another year there it is <laughs> well i guess it's yeah it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of like an episode of wandavision at the moment that there's like stuff to get excited about there's new information but leaves you with so many questions about wanting so much more from the next thing that comes out you know what i mean um yeah oh yeah, yeah so let's wait and see i guess so time will tell anything nope. else before we sign out of this one boys nope uh nothing nothing from me pretty much it. All right, so if you did enjoy this episode, make sure to go and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to support the crew, head on over to our Patreon, ANR Pod, uh, over on patreon.com, and then join the Discord if you want to join the conversation. What did you like about BlizzCon? Head to discord.me forward slash ANR. That is going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much to Hooch.
2: Hey, no problem. fun. was fun
0: times. To Hebrew Hammer. Yep, no problem. And I've been chewback 84 We'll catch you guys in a couple of days. Cheers.